0: Friday night, you know what that means. It's time for another exciting episode of The Devil's Do, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man who is not investing in GameStop. He's investing in Babbage's. Because that's a stock that's going to come back. Mr. Drew Celestino. I
1: remember Babbage's. Remember Babbage's? I remember. Oh, I remember.
0: Uh, the boxes all set out nicely on the shelves. They're like, you know, slightly off-white interior. Yeah, yeah. Just, a, I, I, it, I, it was a nice little electronics boutique, as one might say.
1: Uh, no, that was a different store. <laughs> yes. <I mean. laughs> uh, before they became EB Games, before they became, they became GameStop, and if, yes. before they became lucrative for the stupidest reasons. But yes. I can't, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, um, here we are. Hi. We
0: are back again here in audio form. Yes. Um, we've had some fun the past couple of weeks doing the streaming shows and we thank you to all of you who tuned in to watch us and joined in the chat, whatnot, last uh, last episode was a lot of fun. Um, we do enjoy doing that, but it's not going to be the standard for us. Uh, we are just going to hop back on, get back to our roots, the audio medium, as it were. So here we are back again, and let us get underway, sir. How was your week's?
1: Good. Let's let's kick things off. Uh. The bottle this evening so it wasn't quite as loud hopefully okay. ho- hopefully that picked up anyway What is, uh, what is the brew of the show the brew of the show is very exciting the brew of the show is an old favorite that went away and is now backed by insanely popular demand over the years uh this is the stone sublimely self-righteous black ipa this is a fantastic beer one of my favorites Black IPAs, unfortunately, is a uh, not a style that is really super popular. So it, uh, you know, people love the beer, but unfortunately, na- national sales of the beer uh, did not do so well in the face of the rise of the juicy IPAs and the East Coast styles, and uh, the Black IPA had to go away. But as Stone has pointed out in the re-release this year, this is their absolute number one most requested beer to return to their lineup. So this is a uh, limited run, but they do encourage everyone to enjoy it while it's here because it may not be here for long, but I'm a big black IPA fan. This beer is fantastic. This beer inspired me to make my own black IPA, which uh, was pretty good. And I think when the spring comes, I'm going to uh, make that one as my first return beer, my first beer uh, making since Grant was born. So I'm going with the uh, Black IPA for that. So anyway, Stone sublimely self-righteous, get it while you can. It is delicious. It is fantastic.
0: All righty. I, I have heard you mention this beer before, and I am oh. quite honored, sir, that you decided to to break it out for the show.
1: Oh, I bought two six packs on site when I went to the store last week. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I will probably, nice. uh, I'll, I'll probably hunt another one down this weekend just to have a little extra stock in my in my closet. Um, can't help it. Uh, it's really good and it deserves uh, to be enjoyed. So anyway, uh, my week has been okay. <laughs> Let's see what's been going on the last couple weeks? weeks. Um,
0: it's, it's nice to be recording an episode when something extremely horrible hasn't happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, did you notice how the volume all got turned way down? Isn't it relieving? Sure. Isn't it such a it man? I, I, Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that everything's going to be hunky dory from here on out because it won't be. But man, oh man, do I not miss the daily drama and and and, and insanity and who are we? Who are we? Uh, who are we mad at today? Who's today's grievance going to be aired against? Uh, what national crisis are we facing today? Uh, that is not COVID because if it's not COVID, it's not that important to be honest. Uh, the everything just seems a lot calmer and I'm very okay with that. <laughs> it's, yes. it's a, I can't wait to not care about politics again. <laughs> <laughs> I should, I don't mean it in that sense. I care very deeply yeah. actually, uh, but I don't want to have to wear it on my sleeve 24 seven in the face of abject insanity all the time anymore. I just don't want that anymore. So anyway, um, so that's been a nice little diversion past couple weeks. Um, I can't say a whole ton has been happening on my end. Uh, Grant got a cold, which gave Jen a cold, which gave me a cold. Now both of my mom and Jen's mom have colds far worse. Um, fortunately, it is just a cold. If, uh, COVID testing has all been negative, so yay. But at the same time, the the cold kind of stinks for the, for the moms. We're all fine. Yeah. I mean, I had a stuffy nose for a little while, but uh, the mom's got it a little worse. So it's been rough cause we haven't, they haven't been here this week to watch grant and, uh, we've had to work and deal with him at the same time. And that's been kind of a, a thing. Um, he's a toddler now. And as you know, it's insanity, especially oh, when you're yes. trying to get work done. So yeah, oh, yes.
0: we, we know all too well,
1: um, his star Wars, uh, uh watching is still very sporadic, but he is focused in on one thing in particular in Star Wars.
0: He walks. No.
1: Leia. <laughs> the boy <He's> loves Leia.
0: He's <laughs> got good taste in character. That's kind of what
1: I told him. I was like, you know, buddy, you and every other little boy at this age loved Leia too. <laughs> wait till <laughs> wait till we see Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> We're only on the first movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. It, it it's funny though. He knows all the characters' names now and stuff, and he says three PO. He says PO. Three PO is PO. R two yeah. is just two. He just you know just lobs off syllables where he can. Luke, Chewie, Han. He's got those guys down too. Vader, Vader. Yep. Okay, we got all this down. Good, 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 good. He's got all his touchstones. So that's been fun. Um, I think I did. I mention that I I did mention that I beat uh, Doom Zero. Um, I think was yeah. our last episode. I ha, okay. So I, on that note, I started playing Doom Three again for the first time in about a decade or more. And I remember Doom Three being a very radical departure from the original games. Obviously, being fully three D and uh, much greater technology at the time it was released and all that. And I got to tell you, Carl, um, Doom Three is not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for what they were going for, I suppose it's fine. It's more of a survival horror kind of example of Doom as opposed to a frantic, um, crazed shooter. But in taking away the frantic energy and minimizing the -the over-the-top goofiness of it all, it really just becomes a chore, um, to play. You can't see anything. There's a flashlight mechanic that you have to constantly juggle, which is really annoying. Uh... All of the levels look largely the same. It's just, it's just all indoor corridors uh, that are dark, um, and the guns—and I mean all of them—have just no weight to them at all. And like half the time, you don't real—you don't even know when you're hitting your targets because uh, there's just no real feedback to know that you're doing it. So yeah, uh, it's it's a—I mean it's it's a well-made game, but I got to tell you, I am not. After coming off of, even coming off of Eternal, which I didn't like, then going into the original games again and now playing Doom 3, uh, it's just not that great. It's not fun. It's, it's not a very fun game.
0: Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll I remember. It, <clears throat> I, I remember it being very much a departure from the, what kind of made the series great the first couple games.
1: Yeah, and... The funny thing about it is, like, even for all of the technology behind the engine and everything, and, you know, at the time, it was impressive and whatnot, but this was released in 2004. Uh, August 3rd, 2004, just for frame of reference, um, I mean, a mere two or three months later, Half-Life 2 was released, (laughs) and you might want to say it's apples to oranges, but, like, Everything that Doom 3 kind of tries to do, Half-Life 2 does better <laughs> in like every possible way. So yeah. it's uh, it, it's kind of funny to look back and see that. Um, but I guess, you know, history kind of bore that out with Half-Life 2 becoming, you know, the... Lynchpin of Valve's portfolio, which launched Valve into superstardom, which launched Steam, which launched Valve into just being a storefront and crazy technology company as opposed to a game developer at all. And ID kind of floundered for a while and got absorbed into Bethesda and didn't really have much to, you know, hang their hat on until Doom 2016 came around. So interesting, just interesting history in all of in gaming and when you look at it.
0: The great circle of life.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's circular. It goes round and round, all right. Um, <laughs> but not much else to report. Um, I finished Cobra Kai season three. By the way, oh, you did? Yes,
0: you didn't even you said nothing to us in our in our chats. Oh,
1: sir. yeah, I kept that on the sly. Um, I finished it last night. Thoughts? Um, good. Oh, you didn't like it? No, no, I did. I did like it, but and I, I have thoughts on it though. Maybe you can, maybe you have an opinion on this. Okay. Number one, is it me, or did they very likely spend all their money on getting Elizabeth Shue back? Because when they do the Vietnam stuff, man, does it look cheap.
0: It's it's not that it looks cheap. You know what it looks like? It looks like eighties. It. it
1: Nah, okay i i thought it looked bad <laughs> but and and that guy who played creases or whatever he was terrible as an actor um but i digress like all the story beats are fine but that that stuff looked real cheap and it kind of took me out of things i'm like oh god this is oh boy
0: <laughs> this this is John Wayne's The Green Berets. Yeah, like a movie about movie about Vietnam and for some reason Vietnam has pine trees.
1: Yeah, like they just went out back in like a, you know someone's yard and shot and had some backlighting in the dark and like oh god what the, yeah. come on here man. But I digress. Um the, all the, the 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 modern stuff all the thrust of all that was fine. Although I did find Daniel's uh arc in the season to be like we have to reintroduce him to everybody from the old movies and we got to do it in this one season and he has to learn all this stuff overnight Uh, okay granted i was happy to see everybody okay but you know it's just it's it's a lot they cram a lot in there um fair enough daniel gets to, to rekindle like all of his old flames i thought it was kind of funny like does your wife know that you're having having tea <laughs> with with this japanese woman at her house in the dark <laughs>
0: after in the hour. dark no one else is around uh-huh
1: but i digress um it it was nice to see chosen and, and daniel make amends and all that like you know that, that's that's good you're hitting all the beats there i like all that and uh,
0: chosen was my favorite part of the season,
1: yeah. Yeah, dude, he's
0: hands down.
1: He was, I you know, two is like low key my favorite one of those movies. There's just something about Karate Kid 2 I love. I yeah. think, I love Sato, I love chosen, I, I just I love all of it.
0: I they, they did a story beat that I am a sucker for and always enjoy. Uh, when the, the villain slash rival, uh, grows beyond what we know of them. Yes. Um, the, probably the most popular example of this, maybe not so much with yourself, but in larger pop culture as a whole is, uh, Vegeta in Dragon Ball Z.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like
0: he is, <laughs> he is the, the big villain, of the like the first arc of the season and then he just like out of mutual respect for the main character just kind of grows to be a uh, close friend of the main character. So like uh someone who is not truly evil airfinger quotes kind of just finding their own path in their own way and defining their own story as a redemptive one is something that I'm always a sucker for. Mm. Nice. And so just to see, like, Chosen laugh and and yeah. see that that character has truly found, like, that inner peace. Yeah. I was like, you know what? That's my favorite part of the season.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, I liked, it was good to see him. Um, so, you know, overall, good. Uh, they totally set it up for another season, which is nice. I just hope Netflix doesn't cancel it before they do another season because, you know, Netflix got a Netflix. Uh, well,
0: I believe they've already announced uh, they season four. Oh, good. So I know, I know we're at least getting season four. Good, 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 good.
1: Um, I thought Hawks, spoilers, by the way, uh, yeah. Hawks' redemption came way too quickly. It's like, bro, you already, like, busted in Daniel's house and kicked the crap out of a whole bunch of his friends, <laughs> and then out of nowhere, you decide to turn. <laughs> like, it didn't even take that much prodding, but you already have been, like, Fighting the wrong fight for this whole time.
0: <laughs> um, I think the explanation there is uh, teenagers. Hey, uh, you're not wrong. Mood, mood swings. You know, minds change very quickly. Yeah, something I'm sure you and I will both learn about at some point.
1: Oh yeah, well I remember being that age as well. So yeah, you're <laughs> that's it's a good point. Good point. I remember hormones. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, Elizabeth uh, Shue. Um. Looking fantastic still to this yes. day. Yes, uh, nice to see her and, uh, and com-
0: coming in and being the adult. Yes,
1: yes. Which <laughs> yeah, everything. It, you know, like I said, it hits all the beats. I it, it I I don't know if we've talked about it before on this show, but Cobra Kai. If you have any any fondness at all for the those movies, like it's it just hits you right in the in the it, it, it's the sweet spot, and you can clearly tell that the guys behind that show are total fans of the material like yes they grew up on it or whatever and they love it and they're just they're just you know doing they're living the dream you know so good good you know it was fun i just thought you know some of the some of my critiques are whatever but overall johnny and daniel are still the heart of the show and uh seeing them team up now and you know finally put everything behind them move move forward together great good stuff good stuff
0: yeah, I think the one thing that I mean, you and I kind of bumped up against similar things in this season, um I mean both of them just having to do with Crease. Mm-hmm. Um I just you know what? I, I don't need to feel sympathetic for Crease. Yeah. Yeah. Like I he's I get what he is and I get what he's there for. I don't need to know why he's that way. Yeah. I don't like I don't wanna feel sympathetic for him. Yeah. Because of, like all the things, you know, yeah, he's gone through a lot, but that doesn't excuse what he's doing.
1: Right. I'll be honest, I I know what you're saying and I, you know, it it felt like they were trying to give you some sympathy for him, but at the same time it's like, you know, great you ha- I know I I appreciate your your tragic origins here but you're clearly a psycho (laughs) you know yeah so uh yeah you know what are you gonna do i i think the the show has gone to great lengths over three seasons to humanize everyone and kind of and this is i do get a little uptight about this because i don't like this in general in our in our society now it tries to air quotes both sides everything like you know what I mean? Like Johnny is not the bad guy. Daniel was the bad guy, but then again, Daniel was a good guy and Johnny was a bad guy. Crease is a bad guy, but then again, like no, you know what? Let's draw the line: good, bad. We, you know, like, and I know that's cliche, and and people like their shades of gray, and it shows that there's you know some ambiguity to the writing, and yeah, you know what? <sighs> Sometimes I just like my my stuff nice and simple. Good guys, bad guys. That's why stuff yeah. resonates with kids, and that's why you know we have stories and narratives. Like, come it it always comes back to Star Wars for me. Like you know, yeah. Rebels, good guys. Empire, bad guys. I don't need I don't need too much nuance in this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, yeah. Cobra Kai was fun. Um, I did start watching i don't know if i talked about it um on the last uh on the facebook live but i have started watching the expanse on prime okay watch the expanse (laughs) that's my that is my firm recommendation watch the expanse
0: i I hear good. good things about the expanse
1: yes it is good it is very good i am about eight episodes into season two right now season one took me a few episodes maybe even the whole season to really fully understand all the alliances in play but once you understand it it's really it's actually really simple and then you kind of kick yourself for not quite grasping it in the first couple episodes but they do throw a lot at you so you know you got to roll with it but uh once you once they get rolling into season two, like you're you're you understand everything and it's it's full tilt go, um, and it's great. It's just a great sci-fi show, and it's 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 scratching that Mass Effect itch for me in a in a big bad way. Despite the fact that there's no aliens, it's all uh, Earth versus Mars versus asteroid belt people in the distant future. Um, a lot of political problems between the three. And tensions are high, and it's like a it's like a cold war between you know galactic civilization kind of, and things are ready to tip off and it it just it it's good it's a good show, really enjoying it nice yeah yeah so that's that's been my week, Carl. how are you
0: I'm doing good um obviously, you know still. Pandemic-y here, and mm. still home with uh, the wife and the the boy, William, yes. four year old. Yeah, um, you know the as the pandemic goes ever on and on, you know the the COVID walls um, get hit. I'm noticing a little more frequently. Mm. Uh, so, but we we've been. We've been making our way through them. We make them do. Um, I have been exploring, experimenting with my new coffee grinder that I mentioned the last episode. Yeah. uh, Which is going very well. I've been exploring some local coffee roasters, which has gone very well. Uh, The first one I did was I got from uh, New Day Coffee Roasters. Uh, it was a a bourbon barrel aged coffee, uh, where the the beans were aged in bourbon barrels for thirty days prior to roasting. And oh boy, Drew, that that was something special. It's it sounds amazing. It was just so absolutely incredible. Actually, I brewed it strong for my first brew. And I was like, listen, I know all the alcohol's been roasted out of this, but I don't think I would pass a field sobriety test right now. (laughs) It was strong. Um, Because, like, Premier has a, a Jack Daniels roast that they do, and that's good. Like, you get the hint of Jack Daniels in the roast, but in this one, like, you could taste the bourbon. Mm. And depending on how you roasted it and what grind you used for, it uh, it definitely swung uh, very drastically. And I kind of found the sweet spot in kind of a medium coarse grind with a pour-over brewing method with the Chemex. And that was kind of where I kind of got dialed in at. Um, I also got a couple small bags of coffee from Typico. Okay. And those were, I'm working through those now. Those are both things are enjoyable. Uh, what else? Um, no, well, I had some other things. I can't remember. <laughs> like I had them, but then I started thinking about that bourbon barrel aged coffee. And just,
1: <laughs> coffee derails everything.
0: Things just kind of got, uh, swept up in that. um, picked up uh William discovered I should say on the Switch uh, Castle Crashers. Oh, a classic. Yeah. So I've been uh I've been playing that a lot again. A lot of fun. Um I remember like I grabbed it when it was on sale and I didn't really, like I played it for like maybe an hour or so. And then I just went back to Squadrons for a while. Um yeah, been playing a lot of Castle Crashers. Game still a lot of fun. Yeah. Um try what else. Like I know some other stuff went on this week. But it escapes me at the moment, so well I'm sure I'll kick myself after we're done recording, but we got to we got some show to get to folks. That was our weeks. We appreciate you listening to us stopping by. We would love to hear about your weeks and everything that's going on in your life. We'd love to hear any questions or comments comments you want to send to the show for us to read on the show. Um, if you'd like to do so, you can find us at the following social media locations. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at Devil's Pod. You can like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash You can email us at the Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, TheDevilsDuePodcast.com. That being said, Drew, we do have an email. We have one email uh, from Mr. Alan Waiters. All right. Starts off. Gentlemen, before we get down to business, can you give a nice birthday shout out to our own wizard, Tim (laughs) Golf the Gray, who's reached a milestone today? Drew, I'm going to let you take this one. I have no idea who Alan's talking
1: about. It is Tim Book's 40th birthday.
0: Oh, Okay.
1: So, happy birthday, Tim. You made it to 40. Yay. Yeah, Some of us yeah. are
0: past that. Ah. Yeah, I remember when you that. turned 40. Yeah. That was that was one hell of a party. <laughs> um, Kyle and Drew, what is your feelings on the GameStock controversy? Hmm. Have you invested in Bitcoins like... Yeah. Doggy coins. Doge coin. Doge coin. Okay. Doge coin. You know Doge. Whatever. It. it I have it, no idea.
1: It's you know do, you know you know the Doge meme, right? No. Such Doge, very wow. Oh, Carl. No. Okay. Drew, no. get off my lawn. Get <laughs> off my lawn, <laughs> Okay. Never mind.
0: Moving so, on. So, uh, really, really quickly. I I was talking to Drew uh, before the show started. I do want to talk about this a little bit more at some point, but as we have had on in the past, we do have access to an expert in the field of economics and finances, uh, Mr. P.J. DiPiro. Uh, We do want to send out some very heartfelt well wishes to him and his family, though, right now, as they are currently recovering from a nasty bout of COVID-19. So when he gets better and when he feels up to it, uh, we'll see about having him on again to so talk about the game stock controversy. As far as my, uh, non-expert opinion on this, I think that ultimately this is probably not going to turn out the way a lot of these new investors think it's going to turn out.
1: That well, depends when they cash out, but it seems that they are <laughs> holding the line as it were. And, uh, I know what they're going for. I just don't know what the unforeseen consequences of that are going to be just yet. But yeah, because without getting I mean, too deeply into it, uh, I, I I appreciate the spirit. <laughs> Believe me, I do. Yeah. Um. And hey, I I hope that it results in some positive changes for the whole market thing. But I don't know how it's all going to shake out in the end. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I think something that a lot of people are forgetting is that GameStop is a horrible company. That's not the point, Carl, at all. They're they're aware of that. Well, well, no, but the thing is, like, GameStop is a horrible company, and GameStop was failing because of things that GameStop does. Yes, yes. And the market was doing what the market normally does, which is consume something that's dying. So everything was taking its natural course. Well, And then everybody started to get uppity about this. And I think that in the end, this is going to backfire for a lot of people who can't afford to have it backfire for them. They think they're taking a lot of money out of these hedge fund managers. So these guys miss maybe miss a payment on their third house. But they're going to make it up next month. Don't worry about it.
1: That's fine, but as long as they're sending, I mean, they're, they're exposing the absurdity of it all. And I think that's the more important message to take away from all this. Uh, all this stuff is manipulated and made up. And a lot of people don't think about it. And now this is basically exposing it to everyone to see, like, it, it's, all, it's all nonsense. It's <laughs> Not real. Like, it, it's all speculative at best. They're, they're gaming the system the same way that the hedge funds game the system and the same way the hedge funds have gamed the system forever, except they're turning it around on the hedge funds, and I'm all for that. Um, so we'll see how it shakes out. I don't know how, you know, again, in the end, I don't know who's going to ultimately, air quotes, win. I don't know that anyone will air, will necessarily win, but it's been fun to watch. Uh, and again, GameStop's, you know, viability is not even the point at all. The, the point is just to, is to stick it to hedge funds (laughs) that these guys who short stocks and exploit you know a loophole in our whole silly economic model so
0: hey yeah i just think at the end of the day it's it's going to be the the stickers who get the short end of the stick more than the sticky
1: again i like i said it depends when they cash out they cash out now they're they're coming out pretty good Pretty good. Yeah. GameStock well, was five like bucks said, a well, share in December, man. It's up to three hundred and something dollars right now. You bail out, you, well, you did pretty good for yourself.
0: That's the game. It's, it's funny, like they I, I heard somewhere like GameStock's CEO, he cashes out all his stock right now. He's a billionaire. Yeah. But then he also gets he he also gets sued for stock manipulation. He didn't do anything. Um, so how, why would he get sued for that? He, he should just bail out. I would. Uh, the gold is the parachutes, Carl. See, these things, and this is why I want to get PJM to talk about this, like, there's, first off, if you're reading about stuff like this on, like, BuzzFeed or GameSpot or no, no, you know, no, no. anywhere that's not, like, reputable financial reporter, stop. Don't read that. Um, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg. Yeah. People who somewhat know what they're talking about. That's what I've been reading. Those are the ones you want to read. Listen to experts. Um, But again, that's why I said I want to get PJM to talk about this at some point. uh, Because I think that like, this is... I think eventually the market will just correct itself. Well, it always does. But GameStop will go away. Like permanently. It's, again, Carl, uh, you're, you're fixating
1: on GameStop. It has, this has nothing to do with GameStop. GameStop is just the stock they chose to make this happen. It could have been anything. GameStop was the one that they picked because they realized that it was grossly shorted and there were X amount of shares available to, to make this, this squeeze possible. Yeah, GameStop to... is secondary to it all. Like they're, I, they're honestly almost like a bystander in all of this.
0: I, you know, they're probably, like a lot of people are probably trying to get a message across and the message is probably to be heard, but it's going to be just as, easily forgotten once everything corrects itself.
1: It, like I said, um, it depends. The sec is, is seemingly for now, not on the side of the hedge funds. So they're on the side of the retail investors, but that could all change in a hurry because they can say one thing publicly. And then, you know, if they take no action at all, or take action to basically bail out the hedge funds and screw the investors once again, then, then the wrong message was clearly taken. We'll see. I don't know.
0: We, we will get some, some expert input on this at some point. Um, he goes on, Carl, since you have become a coffee connoisseur, what are your favorite coffee beans you have used so far? Will you be doing cappuccinos next? Um, favorite coffee beans I've used so far, that, that bourbon barrel aged bean jumps right up to the top five easily. Um, the, the Premier's uh, Jack Daniels bean is very good. The Heart of Darkness bean I enjoy. Um, their Kenya A bean I've really enjoyed. Uh, the, let's see, Typico, I got. A Colombian bean from them that's been good. It's got notes of butterscotch in it and green grapes, which is really nice. Um I kinda want to get more into like some more earthier flavors. Um but yeah, those those four kind of right off the bat, the bourbon barrel age, the Jack Daniels bean, the the heart of darkness, and the Kenya double A Um, Those have been among some of my favorites I think I'm more Traditionally I've kind of liked A something uh, Lighter to medium in the morning And uh, Darker in the afternoon Uh, I think maybe Once I get through the beans I have now I'm just going to kind of stick with one bean primarily And just really learn Get that dialed in And then Move on to the next one that, I, that fancies my eye. I'm going to start keeping a coffee journal, too. I think you're really worried about this. <sighs> so, yeah. Uh, Drew. Hello. It's, it's... Oh, um, he said, will you be doing cappuccinos next? Uh, probably not. Um, I am diabetic. And a lot of the more like cappuccinos... I think lattes, things like that tend to be uh, more on the sugary side. Um, also for those you kind of more need a legitimate espresso machine and espresso is not something I've really ventured into it's, very much because that that is a whole nother
1: yeah it's a different level
0: level yeah and espresso machines are very expensive. Like a decent one you're sniffing around a thousand dollars that's that's like for a super automatic, which does pretty much everything um the the semi automatic espresso machines where you have to really know what you're doing with them um those are a little bit cheaper, but like the the learning curve on espresso is very high so One day, maybe. I am not there yet by any stretch. Um, Drew, it's time for the Royal Rumble. What number entrants will win this year? Will you finally win the Rumble bet this year?
1: Um, I never anticipate winning the Rumble bet. So um, I, I just, I'm in it for fun. We'll see what happens. I don't know who's in the Rumble this year, and I don't care. Um, I'm just going to have fun with the result. That's all. Uh, (laughs) WWE uh, is a complete mystery to me now. And anytime I do check in on what might be happening in it, it's always like, huh, that's stupid. And I move on. And that's about, that's about all I can do.
0: Are you actually going to watch the rumble? Um, it depends
1: if I decide to gather with friends or not. If I do, yes. If I don't, I have no means to watch the rumble, so I will not watch the rumble. Some, right. someone can tell me if I won the bet or not.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh and then he has a fitness question for Drew. Ooh. uh As a fellow yogi, yes. what yoga pose do you still have trouble doing? Mm. As it helps as it helps you feel better with as, as right, I'm just reading this as he wrote it. As it helped you all right, I'm guessing he meant to say has it helped you feel better with aches and pains.
1: Uh definitely helps with aches and pains for sure. Um, increased flexibility and uh core strength is going to seriously help out any back or neck pain you might have. My issue specifically was my knees for a long time and uh doing yoga has significantly helped out my knees. Um and which is funny considering all of the uh positions I, I you know you have you can get in uh, you really do stretch out the knees and you use your knees. And uh, they might creak, but they don't hurt like they used to quite as much. So um, anyway, the hardest pose for me still, um, and I, I, I admittedly do uh, DDP yoga, so the names are a little different in DDP yoga. Uh, the hardest the hardest uh, pose for me easily that I still have trouble with is crow pose, or in DDP yoga parlance, black crow. Uh, it's hard, man. That is some serious uh, arm strength, and uh, I can't hold it for more than a split second before I just fall. So um, I've had a problem with that for years, and uh, maybe if I did yoga every day, uh, I could get there better, but I only have but a few times a week to spare to do it. So anything else I'm pretty good on, uh, but crow pose is a real bear. Can't do it.
0: Would, would you say that the crow pose is 40 seconds of pain all at once, all for you? Carl, it's barely four,
1: much less 40. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right, that does it for Alan's email. Alan, thank you so very much. We really appreciate it. Now on to the news of the week. Uh, not a ton of stuff. it would be kind of a light show this week. Uh, first up, we have a long-awaited trailer for something we all have a deer farm this for, which is gigantic kaiju beasts uh, punching each other. Mm. Uh, we have a our first full trailer for Kong vs. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got big monkey, big lizard, punchy-punchy, uh, fire-breathy, Jumpy, jumpy, go. Sure. Why not? Yeah, I think it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I've enjoyed all the, you know, from the reinvention of Godzilla, I think that came out about four or five years ago, the one with Brian Cranston. Um, I've enjoyed all of them since then. Um they've been just a lot of fun to watch. There's Godzilla, uh Kong Skull Island, which was a, a really actually to this day is probably my favorite one. Um and then there's Godzilla King of the Monsters, and now we have uh this.
1: I have not seen Skull Island nor King of the Monsters, um because life uh in the last, you know, couple years has obviously found a way for me. So yes. um, I'd like to, but alas, um, is what it is. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not a King Kong fan, so you are not, no, I, I don't care about a giant monkey that, that might've been, you know, cool in 1930, whatever. Um, but now I don't care. So whatever, uh, Godzilla I'm here for. Because I like Godzilla. <laughs> Giant radioactive lizard with nuclear breath. Okay, cool. I'm in for that. Um, I like the Cranston one very much. I did not see King of the Monsters, despite my desire to see it. Um, I should probably find a way to remedy that. Uh, Kong vs. Godzilla, let's go. I'm a little disappointed that they had to make uh, Godzilla the heel, seemingly, based on the trailer. That's a bummer. Um, and I still, and we're talking about a movie with giant monsters that fight each other so I'm going to be very pedantic here and this is so stupid but I can't help it
0: <laughs> but, I love how you constantly bump up against this this bothers me <laughs>
1: King Kong is not that big so <laughs> sizing him up so he can fight Godzilla just so you can make a movie to me is just like eh it's dumb <laughs>
0: that's once not, again that's not how we realize we're talking about a movie I know I know <laughs> With a giant ape fighting a giant iguana.
1: Yeah, I know. I know it's dumb, but in canon, damn it, uh, <laughs> Kong is not that big. He had, he would not stand a chance. <laughs> but alas, um, alas, we're we're here. Um, no, but you know, hey, let's go go well, go fighty fighty. I'm sure they'll team up Godzilla, at the end against the real enemy anyway.
0: Godzilla also has never really had a defined size either. There no. are in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: know. It, it just, I, I can't, I cannot explain this. It just bothers me.
0: Alright. Um, they have said that it takes place in the same world as the past films, but is not necessarily a direct sequel That's uh, to the past films. So uh, we did see that uh, Millie Bobby Brown is back. For yeah. This one, she was in Uh, King of the Monsters, she was great in that. Um, So, we'll see. Um, I've also seen a lot of rumors of um, the trailer being misleading in that the actual heel is a mecha pencil. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Let's Let's do it. More more kaijus fighting with each other. Great. I'm here for it. It's just, it's a mindless, silly fun.
1: Let's get Gamera involved at some point, please. Yeah. I said what I said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I said what I said. Uh, Let's get, let's let's just do do the whole Avengers assemble. Let's get Ultraman in there. Let's get the, uh, the, the rigs from Pacific Rim in there. Let's just, everyone. Throw it all together. You know, the Constructicon show up and form wow. Devices. They get in. Come on. Wow. Uh, so yeah, fun times. Uh, that comes out, I believe, late March, the last, last week of March. Uh, same day theater release as uh, HBO Max premiere as is all the 2021 offerings for HBO Max. Uh, so moving on to our next item, we have uh, really a surprise announcement this past week from the world of professional wrestling, uh, for the past I don't know eight or nine years, the W the aforementioned WWE has had their own streaming platform, their own streaming service. Um, it was announced this past week that that streaming platform and service has been sold with all its content to. NBC and will now be a featured channel on NBC's Peacock.
1: Well, app. sold is the wrong word. Uh, in the rest of the world, the WWE Network is not changing at all. In America, uh, the WWE Network is become is now part of Peacock. Uh, for five, it's a five year deal. Um. It's a five-year deal that NBC paid allegedly a billion dollars for. I got a lot of thoughts on this, and I again, I hate thinking about WWE, but unfortunately, being a wrestling fan, I'm forced to. Um. Now, if you're looking at, this is all a big, this is just a big gamble on NBC's part to add content to Peacock, because they, they see streaming as the future, and they want as many people on Peacock as they can get. That's the game. That's the whole right. game with these these services. So they see this as a big value add to their service. Now, I I don't... And, and uh, The question becomes, like, how many people are going to sign up to Peacock just to get WWE? My opinion, not many. And here's why. The WWE Network's number pretty much has been stagnant for a long time. It's somewhere around... A million to a million, 1.2 million people that subscribe and cancel on the regular. Uh, that, so that number fluctuates. But that's been the stable number roughly for pff, a few years at least. So I don't see this being a an addition to Peacock that's going to like just get droves of people to sign up. Um, everyone that already has a WWE subscription is going to be grandfathered into Peacock. So they're getting it. They're getting Peacock. So there's no f- fresh money there. Um, it, I, uh, But it does get WWE in front of potential new customers that are watching Peacock and then see, oh, WWE's on here. Whether or not they care, I don't know. But... Right. So I... I it's a... <laughs> Ultimately, the way I see it is n b c overpaid, and as usual w w e fails upwards. they get two hundred and two hundred million dollars a year for nothing to do nothing, and they don't even have to i mean it like I, I i don't know i it doesn't make any sense to me it just doesn't make sense uh these these networks and their streaming gambles and all this stuff for, uh, for a billion, they, NBC paid a billion dollars for this allegedly for five years. I'm just putting this out there, Carl. I don't know what they value the company at. I I, I honestly don't know. But
0: what is what st- they value, NBC at or oh,
1: WWE? Uh, WWE? WWE. Okay. Um. But just for some context, uh. I'm looking it up right now because I want to be right about this. Okay, just for context, Disney paid $4 billion for Star Wars. $4 billion for Star Wars. Okay? Right. You're telling me that NBC is giving a, qu- a quarter of that $1 billion for a five-year deal for WWE. <laughs> WWE is not worth that much. They that company cannot possibly be worth more than a billion to 2 billion dollars. And if they are, that's insane. It just makes no sense to me at all. It's a niche product. Pro wrestling is not that big. WWE is big Somehow, because of all these TV rights, but their product is garbage. At the end of the day, it comes down to what they what they produce. All they produce is disposable nonsense. None of it is good. It hasn't been. It hasn't been. They've been trading on their name for twenty years. They haven't produced a star in all that time, John Cena. But John Cena is not at the level of stardom I'm talking about here. I'm talking Rock, Austin, Hogan stars. Right. That's when the business was doing. That's when the business was doing money at least at the at the live gate now WWE is making money on on their history and their lineage but they haven't produced a star or a must-see attraction in 20 years i don't but they keep failing upwards they keep getting all oh, more money more tv money more 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 for what they have less people that watch it than ever and they haven't produced anything good in years i i, I <sighs> Ultimately, what it comes back to, they are McDonald's. They are Budweiser. They're a brand name. It doesn't matter if their product is crap. It's a it's a name you know. It's when people think wrestling, they think WWE. It, 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 that, and that's as far as it goes. And I just, I I hate it, Carl. I hate it. You know, I don't want to wish ill on anyone, but I hate seeing this company and Vince McMahon succeed despite their their awfulness while other viable good alternatives exist and and exemplify the the product that i think wrestling should be and is better but i don't know i throw up my hands and i just i just gotta i just gotta shrug i just gotta shrug i don't know i don't get it brand name has power
0: that's all i know yeah, I think looking at this, I mean, obviously I, I'm in no position to critique WWE's creative or anything. I don't watch it at all. I watch it, and I can't remember you, when. You wouldn't
1: last, uh, you would not make it through a whole show, I promise you.
0: I I remember like I stumbled across Monday Night Raw once a couple months back, and I watched it for like maybe five minutes or something, and I was like so annoyed by the camera work. Yeah, yeah. Um that I just like immediately had to to change channel, um, but just kind of looking at this vacuum. So the the monthly fee for the uh, WWE Network subscription is nine ninety nine. Yes, and the monthly fee for Peacock, I believe, is four ninety nine with ads. Yes, with ads. Okay, so the people, so the subscribers from WWE Network are getting moved. Over to Peacock, so theoretically their monthly fee will drop to four ninety nine, and then they'll just pay that to Peacock. Theoretic- right?
1: Theoretically, I don't know the uh, logistics exactly, but yeah.
0: So I, I don't, I don't see it as necessarily a bad move on NBC's part. I don't see it as like a earth shattering brilliant move either. Just more like a common sense move. They're they're paying. They're paying for content. Yeah, they're paying for content. They're paying a billion dollars, which sounds like a lot of money, but to them is not. For they're essentially buying one million new subscribers. Um, They are getting an identifiable brand name content on their service that they can now use in marketing for the service. Um, so I don't I for as far as NBC's perspective on this goes I don't think it's necessarily a bad move it seems to make a lot of sense. Um but the thing that confused me about it was and we were talking about this before the show is like just how w- WWE's kind of like spread itself kind of all over the place. Um even though USA is owned by NBC like their their flagship show is on USA um, they've got a show on Fox and then their streaming services on like NBC. So I could see this being confusing for someone who wants to get into WWE and doesn't quite know where to go for it. Um, I think that obviously aside from their creative, uh, revamped needs, there's also like just, Less confusing access needs that need to be addressed there, eh. but I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, we don't watch WWE. We don't really like. We've got our AEW. We are very happy with it. Yes. Yes. Um, I, like they've yet to have a bad episode, a bad show, and they premiered what a year and a half ago now.
1: Just about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's 52 plus weeks of, of solid, solid programming. I mean, so you know, there's, been, there's been a weak
1: episodes uh, for sure, but their weakest episode is still better than Raw's strongest episode for the last yeah. God knows how long. Um, so whatever, whatever. Hey, again, I, <laughs> I, I, I i don't get it. If you're morbidly curious about pro wrestling, I would just tell you don't watch WWE and form any kind of opinion on pro wrestling. Because you're not watching pro wrestling, it's like don't form an opinion on 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 you had you had a Budweiser once, therefore all beer is bad. No, you had a Budweiser, <laughs> like yeah. The, 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 that is not emblematic of anything, but yet, yeah. but yet there it is. Yeah, um, I, I I went off a little off the handle there, but I just I, really? I I I dude. It just it irks me. I just I can't stand it. I'm so tired of this company continually pulling money out of sources despite having such a terrible product. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But, Sip, such is life.
0: All right. So, moving on to our next, our last uh, news item for the week. Uh, This is a... To categorize it best, rumor at best. Um, it's rumor from I would say a fairly solid source, um, that being uh, Mr. Mark Bernardin from uh, Fat Man Beyond. Solid, solid. Yeah, yeah. If he, if he says he's heard something, he's he's legitimately heard something. So apparently, uh, Warner Brothers is in exploratory meanings and not like full-blown pre-production, but uh serious conversations to revitalize or revive the Batman the Animated Series. Um now if you listen to our show at all, if you have any uh kind of interest in geek culture and, and things of the like, you definitely um uh, are familiar or at least have heard of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, If you have HBO Max, it's recently been added to HBO Max, and I highly recommend going and watching the whole thing, because they have the recently restored 4K versions of the episode um, on there, and they are gorgeous. Um, I shouldn't say 4K, I should say high def, but they're, they're restored, they're cleaned up, they're they're as good as that show has looked in a long, long time. Um, and so apparently they are talking about doing a, a revival or a sequel series to Batman the Animated Series. Now, when you hear this, you know, an initial thought might be great. You know, this is the arguably the greatest animated series of all time. Like I'm not putting out the caveat of superhero animated series. I'm just saying animated series um as far as art writing uh animation I think it's it's easily the greatest superhero animated series of all time and is very historic in what it was and what it did um so, you may hear the sneezing, you may be like, you know, great, hey, I can get more of this. Cool. Um, I don't, we've come across stuff like this before. We've had different reactions to different items like this. And my, my initial reaction to this is listen, unless you can get everybody, who was involved. I'm not just talking about Voice Town. I'm talking about writers, directors, I need Bruce Tim. I need Paul Dini, I need Andrea Romano doing voice direction, I need Shirley Walker doing the music. Now, unfortunately, a lot of these things really can't happen. First off, Shirley Walker, unfortunately, passed away a couple years ago. Um, Andrea Romano, as far as I know, is retired. Um, so... I I think an attempt here to recapture that magic is. It's not going to be bad, but it won't be as good. So I'm not sure how, if I necessarily want this.
1: Yeah, I. uh, I'm very much of the opinion in most walks of life uh that there is no going home again necessarily so yeah i don't i don't know about this like on the surface you might think oh man cool but eh, for all the reasons you stated that was very it was very much a lightning in a bottle situation and honestly even that lightning in a bottle didn't last as long as you might think it did um like the animated series ran for how many seasons three Was, now is that including the new batman adventures?
0: That's including the redesign.
1: So yeah, see that's my pro- that's my point. I, I I I think once they redesigned it it fell off. Like it the, the 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 initial the initial season or two that's the magic for me personally. Like it and and you had just so much firing on all cylinders. You had everything in your working in your favor and even as someone who is tired to death of Batman, I will tell you that the animated series is probably the best Batman material in existence <laughs> in any medium. The animated series rules. Like, it just gets everything right in every way. Yeah. Um, and you're going to try and bring that back. Ah, uh, uh, uh,
0: I don't know. Good luck. And see, there there are instances when this has been done that I've been okay with. Like, for example, you know, we've mentioned on the show before, Alan and I are very big fans of the show, Young Justice. And that was a show that was canceled after two seasons because toy sales were not doing what they thought they would, but the show was very good. They were telling a larger picture story, the writing and everything. Animation was great. And then they decided to bring that back for a third season. That's on HBO Max right now. And the third season You know, I'm still going through it. It's good. It's not as great as the first two seasons were. uh, Just mainly because they're doing a very different uh, story with it. So I'm still waiting to kind of see where it goes. But like with something like this, like even with the redesign, I still like the redesign because all the, the key components are there. Like some of the redesigns I think they made improvements on the initial designs on. Some of the redesigns I think they were not as good as the initial design. Like the in the redesign, I like the redesign of Batman. Uh Scarecrow is amazing in the redesign. Um but like then for every Batman Scarecrow you have in the redesign, you also have a Riddler who looks terrible in the redesign. They went from the the three piece suit uh, to the you know, the the unitard with the question mark and it just looks terrible. Um, Joker is, oh, I see awful. what they were trying, I see what they were trying to do, and I commend them for trying something a little different, but it just didn't work. And in the subsequent things that came after Batman Animated Series the Redesign, whether it be Batman Beyond or Justice League and Justice League Unlimited when Joker made appearances there, he was kind of an amalgam of those two visual styles. The, they kind of got rid of the just the black eyes and kind of went, as far as the face goes, kind of went back to the original design that kept the redesigned body, and it really worked. I think that's kind of like where that character design was as apex And those. But yeah, it's just, and it's not like with Batman the Animated Series, we only had you know one or two seasons that I abruptly stopped. We got three seasons of like 24 episodes each for each season, so we have a lot of content to go. With, not to mention, we've got the Mask of Phantasm movie. Uh, we've got the you know, to a slightly lesser extent, the Sub Zero movie, which isn't as good as Mask of Phantasm, but it's still better than a lot of the stuff that's out there right now. Um, and then we still have a lot of the, the things that. That creative team went on to do after Batman: The Animated Series. You know, I know you're not as much a fan of Batman Beyond. I enjoyed it, but Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, uh, were incredible. They were so good, and that they that they kept those in that universe was just just fantastic. So, I mean, if if you want to do it. I'll I'll give it a shot, but I'm not and I'm not gonna say that if you can like like you can pull Andre Romano out of retirement and you can get Bruce Tim Paul Dini, I mean I don't think you'll have a problem getting Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and you know, the majority of the voice cast back for that. Um it'll probably be good, but it I think that initial magic won't be there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm, so, I'm, I'm skeptical.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's Michael Jordan coming to play for the Washington Wizards. Yeah, he's still Michael Jordan, but he's not like Chicago Bulls twenty-three Michael Jordan. I think ultimately,
1: it's just another example of, and you know, whatever this is, just the way it's going. Uh, it's another example of like. Don't we have anything new to offer the world like i I hate being so uh cynical about this, but man, we are just falling into established brands only territory in in everything like hey, remember that thing it's here's the thing like okay g- g- great like i I liked it as it was like. Leave it alone. Make a new thing so I can say, hey, remember the new... Th- like, 20 years from now, I want to say, hey, remember this? If, yeah. if you keep serving up the same stuff, I don't know. I don't know.
0: No, I I get that. Like, If you want to do... If you're HBO Max and you want to do something like this, just make a new Batman animated series for your platform. Yeah, It doesn't have to be Batman The Animated Series. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Make, there, there were... There were, you know, Batman animated series that came out after, you know, the animated series that were not done by the same team. That, you know, they each have their, their own fan. I just got done watching through Batman Brave and the Bold with William, and that is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. It is by no means the you know there's very few things that can compare it. To. To the Batman animated series, obviously, you know Kevin Conroy and and Mark Hamill show up in a couple episodes doing voices. Like they do in one episode, Drew they do the Batman of Xenor-Law. Ah. and he's voiced by Kevin Conroy. That's wow! Really? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they do like the classic story uh, from. You know, like earlier days of Batman, when Batman tracks down Joe Chill, it's like it's it's a like probably the best episode of the whole series. It's called Chill of the Night, and it's done in a slightly different way where Phantom Stranger and the Spectre are involved, and they're going to bring Batman into contact with Joe Chill, and depending on the choice. Batman makes will dictate the rest of his life. If he decides to kill Joe Chill, Batman will become a servant of the Spectre, a servant of vengeance. If he decides to just bring him to justice, then he will stay as he is. The Phantom Stranger is voiced by Kevin Conroy. The Spectre is voiced by Mark Hamill. Huh. And, like, like, seriously, if you ever have a chance to watch this series with Grant, do it. Because it is an amazing, amazing series, and it's right up there with Batman the Animated Series, and it's perfectly fine for kids. No. So, but like, and that existed after, you know, Batman and the Animated Series, and was nothing like Batman and the Animated Series, but is just as high a quality in a different way. So, do something like that. Do a new Batman series. And try and do your own thing with
1: it. Yeah, but that doesn't, Carl. They're trying to sell you content, so it's it's got to be, hey, member, and that's that. Unfortunately, that sells more than here is the new version of it. Yeah. for whatever reason, man, we are we are hardwired for the familiar. I yeah. I, I, I I I lament this because I wish it weren't the case, but that. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. yeah, that's a bummer. It's a but, bummer, man. Moving on
0: from the news. Okay. And speaking of the new. Yes. Uh, we, we are going to discuss the first three episodes of WandaVision. Ah. Right now. Um, the, it is Friday night. The fourth episode is aired. And, oh boy, there's a lot of stuff happened in the fourth episode. I have not watched but, it yet. Drew being Drew... By the time
1: you listen to this episode, I will have watched it. But as of this recording, I have not.
0: Will you have, uh... Yes,
1: I will watch it tomorrow.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just can't watch so, it right now.
0: We're going to discuss the first three episodes. Um, so, before we get into the uh, breakdown of the episodes, this is the first legitimate offering we have had from Marvel Studios since is Spider-Man Far From Home, if I remember correctly. That is correct. Yes. So it's been a while. And I mean we we discussed this on on a couple episodes to whereas the unintended and extended break from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I feel has will ultimately help the Cinematic Universe. I think a lot of us are ready to go back to that world and to re enter that world and see what stories it has to tell us now. Um, and this is like a very different approach to this. You and I were discussing, I think it was after we did, um, our last episode where uh, you had some friends who had reactions to this that were not uh, warm fuzzies of watching the show, because this, I think it's safe to say is, is probably the most different offering we've had from Marvel studios since their inception.
1: This is easily the most bizarre and out there and biggest risk. I think they've taken maybe ever.
0: Yeah. It's like, I, and I had some friends too, who were like, uh, so boring. I don't know, you know, I don't know what they're trying to do here. I'm like, listen, you, you're watching this. Like you watch normal Marvel stuff. You can't do that. No, there's
1: clearly different things happening here.
0: There's like so many layers to this. And so much stuff going on in the background. You have to watch this like, like you watched Lost before that. <laughs> um, like you have to, you have to look very deep beyond the surface of what's being presented.
1: That's well, uh, that's the key thing. I mean, clearly, it's not what it seems. Right? Like, isn't that obvious? I mean,
0: I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's. Is it not it's, it's, obvious? Like, like, it's like it's, I said to you. It's like someone gave Graham Morrison. Yeah, it's oh, dude, it's, story and said go. It is it's very, very Morrisonian, so-
1: <laughs> and I and I am here for that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But people, people, I I know that I thought people, like creative people, I know that I think would know better, were like crapping on the first episode, and it's like, dude, do you not? Do you not get what's going on? Like, clearly, all is not as it appears. The fact that the vision is alive in this at all is a big tip that this is not what it appears to be. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, I think they, I mean, yes, it's obvious, like, they're doing a crazy sitcom pastiche. Mind, mind you, they're doing it incredibly well per episode. Like, they, Yeah. it's, it, it you might as well be showing me something from the eras that they're, that they're referencing. And it's incredibly, it's incredibly well done. However, even despite that, there is this constant undercurrent of darkness to it. That is like unavoidable. And if you're choosing to ignore it or you don't see it, I I, I don't know what you're watching. Um,
0: yeah. It feels very classic. Twilight. Zone.
1: yeah. Or, I, I I'm not I don't I don't evoke this name um uh I, I I don't do this lightly and I'm not saying that it's even close to the same uh thing, but it's there's a David Lynch factor happening in this show, and that's that's bizarre. I never thought yeah. I would say that about a Marvel property.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's you know It's funny, the one thing that always kind of wrenches me, in the first couple episodes, the thing that always kind of wrenched me out of it, is like, I love how it's in the aspect ratio of classic television. Yeah, yeah. I really kind of wish they, that the picture quality was... Oh, put a
1: little filter on it?
0: Yeah, Yeah. like de-res it a bit. (laughs) Like, Give me, give me some scan lines. Give me like just some fuzz. Make it really look like Nick at night. Exactly, <laughs> and that was, that was the only like, but that was really my only critique of it. Was that I'm like, okay, if you're gonna go this far, why not yeah. go the whole way? That's that's fair. Um, but I mean, but like it, it was tough because like I watch it, and at the same time while I'm watching it, I'm looking. At everything I possibly can in the scene. Of course. For what something means. Like his tie in the first episode had like a design on it. I'm like, that design has to mean something. It was like a rectangle with two dots on the inside and two dots on the outside. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, that's got to be a symbol for something. I'm thinking of like the, the symbol on Dr. Manhattan's forehead. And looking at it in that same way, I'm like, that symbol has to mean something. It's it's too... If they, if they didn't want to draw attention to his tie, they would have just given him a blank tie.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: But, like, that's, that's how... Nomination. Yeah, that, that's how, like, I'm watching it. And so I saw a really good analogy um, that the commercials... Oh, oh yeah. In the first three episodes represent the traumas in Wanda's life. Yeah,
1: yeah, I saw that. I, I saw a similar um, discussion, and that makes a lot of sense. And
0: Yeah, because the first one is for a toaster oven made by Stark right. Enterprises. Right. And so you have, you know, when she was with Pietro and the— the bomb came through her family's house and they were just waiting there for it to detonate cuz it was beeping
1: and did you notice the way the toaster beeped and that yes. and 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 it lingered for like a, just a little too long for a commercial yep yeah like ah that's see that's mm i'm, I'm chef's kissing right now carl Mwah.
0: yeah and then the next commercial is for strucker watches yeah
1: i that got a that and got a kick like, out. i got a kick out of that
0: and then there was a commercial for Hydra soap. Uh huh. And just man, they're they're going to a deeper level with it. I ranted in the the fourth episode. Um, I, a lot of stuff happens. Okay, I'm I'm, gonna... I'm
1: I'm prepared for it. I'm I'm in on I'm in on this ride because I'm enjoying. Yeah. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I'm enjoying things about it that I didn't necessarily expect to. Um. I feel like this is showing me more range of performance and I have a a much greater appreciation for her for Elizabeth Olsen than I ever had in the movies. And Paul Bettany for that matter. They yeah. they are getting so much to do and they're they're killing it that like it makes me like them that much
0: more. Yeah, it's Really, just like they're. Clearly, they're building to something. Yes. No, for sure. And that's something I'm sure will be connected to. Like, we obviously know that what happens in this series is going to have ramifications for the next Doctor Strange movie. Yes. Um, And so, but they. Being. In a sense, free from the Infinity storyline, not having to have that around them, they seem to be having a lot more fun with the storytelling that they've been able to have in the past.
1: They're just—they're just given so much more to do. I mean, this is all about. I mean, in the movies, honestly, Vision and Wanda have how many lines total? How many? How many? How many minutes of screen time
0: total? Maybe maybe a half an hour screen time between the two. And now
1: they just get all they they, they have this they have their own show to express all range of emotions and, and stories and and everything. And they are, in my opinion, knocking it out of the park. I like I, I think everyone is doing a great job.
0: Yeah. So the the first episode was a 1950s style sitcom. Very Donna uh, Reed. Donna, Donna Reed. Uh, the second episode, Dick was show, maybe Dick Van Dyke 1960 style third show, the bewitched. Brady Bunch, you know, Bewitched Brady Bunch. 1960s, I kind of feel this, I, mean, this
1: is, I might be splitting hairs here, but no, I, I actually thought that the, uh, second episode was more of the black and white era bewitched. And the third episode was the color era bewitched kind of two sides of the same coin.
0: Uh, I mean I can see that as well. I think they want to I think the third episode is more um like kind of Brady Bunch style.
1: There's some of that in there. Yeah. I mean for sure, they definitely... with the intro and all that, and they have like the shapes and the yeah, yeah like the grid pattern stuff and yeah, very brady. But um yeah, I mean we're splitting hairs, it doesn't really matter. But it I just I appreciate all of the the work that's gone into it. Cause again, they, they really do nail the aesthetics of all the eras they're going for.
0: Yeah. And like just the, the subtlety and the visuals they do. I know we, we harp on this a bit, but like at the end of the third episode, when, uh, as we know, the character Monica Rambo uh, yes. is thrown out of wherever she's at. And you see this whole, you know, sword set up. i an, and they're like looking at an energy field. If you take like a close look at the energy field, it's like it's Roy G biv pixels from a classic television.
1: Hmm. I did not see that.
0: And like even if you even if you watch the end credits, like the graphics they're doing, the color palette they're doing, it's all G. Biv, you know, tube television pixel style. Uh that's essentially what they're using as their palette for that. Huh. So it's good, good stuff. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I don't really have any nitpicks for it just yet. Uh, the, if you don't know what you're, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I do like that they released the first two episodes in the first week. Cause I think, I think those first two episodes taken together give you enough to get you really excited about the show, I think. If they just done the one episode one week and another, the second episode next, it might have felt like a little bit of a drag at first.
1: Yeah, the the one-two punch is really, um, like the first episode has the creepiness to it. The second episode ramps it up even more. So by the end of that second episode, you definitely know something is afoot and it's got its hooks in you to wait for the next one.
0: Yeah. So, looking forward to it, I believe it's eight episodes? I think so. So, eight episodes, then when this is done, then we move on to Falcon and Winter Soldier in March, I, which I, looks to be the more traditional Marvel
1: Yeah, fare. I, I think it should be worth noting that Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be out first, and due to yes. COVID, it's not, but... I also think that's telling because that just tells me that Black Widow has something in its story that is going to be spoiled if they would have put Falcon and Winter Soldier out first. I think they're waiting for that, and that's just my, that's just my guess. And I will also say, it's worth noting, that it's a pretty gutsy move on Marvel's part, Knowing that they're that they have to like have you know Black Widow in limbo and therefore delaying the show that people would be the more let's let's call it the more traditional Marvel show waiting in the wings. So instead, the first Marvel offering that they're going to give you is this really bizarre uh, uh, Grant Morrison esque uh, meta commentary weirdo p- sitcom spoof. Yet in the MCU show. That's, that's that that's pretty it's that's fairly gutsy as far as big business uh decisions go.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah, obviously um the major I think before COVID hit, more of this was filmed than Falcon Winter Soldier even though Falcon Winter Soldier was originally cited to come first, I think just because of the nature of WandaVision being pred- predominantly a set television show, yeah, um, lended, lended it to have more of it actually finished first. Uh, but I also did hear reports that uh, there was... Black Widow adjacent content in Falcon, Winter Soldier. So whether or not that had to get edited out or reshot, because I know the current plan for Black Widow is a May theater release. I really wish they would just let that one go to Disney plus. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It didn't seem to hurt soul any. I mean, you know,
0: yeah, it really didn't like, Obviously you're you're losing out on some money doing that, but I mean and we all wanna see Black Widow. But let's be honest, Black Widow was not gonna make, you know, end game money. I'm I'm so
1: the in this, the way things are, you're not getting me into a theater in May. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Okay. You're not. A lot Black of is- a lot of things would have to fall into place to make that happen for me.
0: If everybody was vaccinated tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Or even just me, but I know what tier I'm in and I know that I'm not going to have it by May. I know this yeah. for a fact. <laughs> so yeah. you know. So, <coughs> <sighs> so yeah. Frustrating. Well, anyway. Uh I love well, I'm I'm loving WandaVision. Um it, it's combining a lot of uh great great uh things that I enjoy. Again, the Grant Morrison vibe of it all. Um, Also, the subtle references to the Tom King Vision series um, from a few years ago, which was great. And just the overall... uh, Again, Marvel excels at pulling the core elements of of their history and their characters and making those elements work in a new framework on screen. The, the canon is different and, and the, you know, whatever, but they really, they excel at nailing what's important about those stories that they're adapting and the characters in those stories that they're adapting and making it work. And Wanda and Vision and all that stuff, the, is the, did all this happen like this in the comics? No. But are they translating the vibe and the and the and the, the core of it? Yeah. And they're doing a great job
0: indeed all right well i think that's gonna do it for us this week all right um shorter episode but that's okay We've still got to get together and talk a bit yes uh dear listeners as always we appreciate you we thank you for stopping by and spending time with us if you'd like to reach out to us communicate with us have the same questions or comments to be read right on the show you can do so at the following social media locations you can find us on Twitter, follow us at Pod. You can like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash DevilsDepod. You can email us at TheDevilsDepod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, com. Drew, that being said, any final thoughts?
1: <sighs> no, I got a lot of thoughts out this episode, so uh, nothing, nothing, nothing major to, to close out with all right continue to be excellent to each other please
0: yes please be excellent to each other all right folks thank you again for stopping by hope you all have a great couple of weeks until we meet again